What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Speak My Peace podcast. I'm your host, Greg Lacey, and we are 11 episodes deep. First and foremost, I want to thank you guys. I appreciate all my listeners, everybody who's tuning in, whether it's your first time tuning in or if you've tuned into every episode. I appreciate every unique listen. So thank you guys. Um, 11 episodes is not that monumental, um, but it is significant because we 11. I have 11 more episodes than I had four months ago. So I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Four months ago, this wasn't even a thought. Uh, I gave you guys my spew in the first episode of uh, how I came to the decision to start the podcast. So I'm glad to be here, uh, 11 episodes deep. It's pretty, pretty significant uh, number for me. So once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Now, to get into this episode, before we start anything, I want to render, or I want to say rest in peace to my Uncle June who passed away. The week before last, uh, this is something I meant to do last episode. Uh, I had on my mind before I, uh, we uh, recorded the episode, and then it came back to my mind as I was editing the episode. And it was too late by the time I was editing to insert it in there, so I wasn't able to get it in there. And I'm a week late in saying it, but I I've already extended my condolences to my my cousins and you know my my family that's really affected by it. Um, so I just had to I had to get that in there because that's important. Um, my uncle June was my mother. Oh, he's my uncle on my maternal side. He was my mother's great uncle, I think. Our uncle. I think, yeah, yeah. My uncle June was my mother's great uncle. So he was my my great great uncle. Um, so yeah, rest in peace to him. I'm glad that he's in a better pace now. Uh, these last this last year for him, I know it's been. It was, I say, I should say. It was very, very hard for him. Um, so I'm just glad he's in a better place now. He's with his parents. So rest in peace to him. Stand on that subject. Um, I'm gonna segue into uh, issuing a rest in peace for the late great Aretha Franklin, who passed away last week as well. Um, I'm pretty sure by now you guys have heard. Um, the reason why I'm speaking on it now because I didn't get to talk about it last. A lot of I miss a lot of. Topics last episode because it was a themed episode, so I didn't get to touch on like a lot of pop culture and stuff that was going on in the world because I had something planned and that's what we uh, went on. If you don't know what I'm referring to a we, me and my girl, my girlfriend was a guest on my last episode, so that's why I'm referring to as we. Um, so yeah, I didn't get to touch on a lot of topics, and this was one of them. Uh, Aretha Franklin had passed, so you know, rest in peace to her. Um, one thing that I did notice in the well, she. One thing I should say is she got a lot of love. Definitely, it was a day on social media where everybody was sending their condolences and you know, um, sharing their first memories of her or how uh, they came to uh, rec- is it recognition. I would say um, that recognition. How they discovered her. Most people, if you're my generation, you know, you probably came across Rita Franklin from your grandparents playing her or your mother playing her or something like that. I know that's definitely what my. Uh, that's what my relationship with Aretha Franklin's music is. Uh, hearing, you know, my mother, or my grandmother, or whoever, uh, just playing her music, and I've grown to become very keen to her music as I have I grown up. But yeah, man, everybody was sending her condolences to her, and in the light of all of this, everybody was sharing their love and all this. Of course, can't go a week without white people doing some stupid shit. Um, so. In the wake of her passing, Fox News covered Aretha Franklin's passing, and I'm pretty sure you guys seen the seen it already. But if you haven't, allow me to explain the reason why I say this. Um, basically, you know, after it wasn't it was even a day later. It was probably the same day um, or later in the day. Uh, Fox News, and I don't remember the city. I don't know if it was a local news or if it was Fox News to uh, 
the World News Channel, or whatever it was, it was a Fox representative. Said Fox News on the bottom of the corner, so it was Fox. Um, basically, they was covering Aretha Franklin's death, and for the picture of Aretha Franklin, they had up a, a picture of Patti LaBelle. So basically, just showing no respect to the to the woman who just passed, showing no respect to her family who was still mourning her death because it's still fresh on their mind. So in the light of dealing with all of this, of what these people had to go through that's close to her, and even like, not even just family, just friends and stuff, in the light of, you know, of in the morning, they had to deal with this damn news publication basically disrespecting her. And I'm not saying disrespect in the sense of, you know, Patti LaBelle down the mount to Aretha Franklin or Patti LaBelle's nothing compared to Aretha Franklin. Because Patti LaBelle can hold her own. Patti LaBelle is still re- uh, relevant in 2018, uh, if not for music, definitely for uh, her pies. But that's another topic uh, for another day. The reason why I say disrespecting is because they don't have the decency to put the correct picture up. Basically, they don't care. Um... This is and this is not something that's new. Um, I think one or two things happen here. It's basically I don't know if I would call it a prejudice or just racist, but basically, it's no it's no um, secret that people, not even just white people, it can be Asian people, it can be Hispanics, it can be um, Middle Eastern people. Or whatever, but I'm blaming white people because we all know that Fox News represents uh, rep- Fox News represents the uh, right wing. So you can imagine the people who are um, in charge of the company and uh, the actual um, the actual chairman of Fox is white. So you know all this stuff has to go through certain channels before they get approved or whatever. So this is why I put this burden on white people and not anyone else. It's exclusively, exclusively white people. Because if you know anything about Fox News or you know anything about Fox, you know that this is ran by those people. But anyways, it's one of two things. It's, it's white people just don't... Alright. What I'm trying to say is basically white people think all black people look alike. They think all black males look alike. They think all um, black females look alike. So, in the light of Aretha Franklin passing, they don't have a, they didn't have the the sense of decency to you know post the correct picture because it's like in their minds, what's the difference? They both black, they both soul singers. Just put a picture up of a black woman, and that's how we got a picture up of Patti Labelle of Aretha Franklin. Now, that's one of the scenarios I think it may happen. And one of the two scenarios is just you know they don't care. Um, in the past two years, I would say, there's been a lot of little little crazy stuff going on to where we are being disrespected as black people. Um, and this is it hasn't been just going on for the past two years. It's been going on for 400 years. But when I say the past two years, because I'm directly referring to social media, you know, there's been stuff, not even social media, social media and the internet. Um, so I should just say the uh, World Wide Web. Um, to where we've been disrespected. So we have this sense here where it's just like, okay, Aretha Frank and Patti LaBelle, what's the difference? Just put a picture up of Patti LaBelle. Um, they look the same or all black people look the same. That could be one uh, state of mind they're going in. Another one is, let's put up somebody who's similar to Aretha Franklin, but not Aretha Franklin because we know that this is going to cause outrage and people are going to talk about it. Because this is essentially the era that we live in and that people live for uh clicks whether it's um journalists put in certain titles to get clickbait or whether it's this whereas we have newscasters or uh, news companies um putting the picture up with somebody who is not related to the subject at all just so you know somebody take a screenshot of them and say look what they did on look what they did to patty labelle on the news blah 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 and then they post a picture on instagram and then we have a whole bunch of black people in uproar and meanwhile, you know, they sitting back kicking their feet up because they don't give a damn. And that's essentially what has been going on the past two years. Um, there's been a lot of different cases. Uh, the most recent one before this, I would say, was definitely uh, pretty got, Pretty sure you guys remember uh, a couple of months ago was the uh, coolest monkey in the jungle uh, debacle with, uh, what's the name? Um, with uh, H&M. Um, for those of you who don't know, what happened with H&M was they were rolling out. I think it was like their fall line or something like that. And within the fall line, they had, you know, the kids line. And they had a black kid 
who was modeling a sweater that had the um had the words on this sweater it said the coolest monkey in the jungle now obviously i'm not gonna get into it because it's so old but obviously like they know what they were doing with that you have a black kid and call him a monkey you put him in a sweater that calls him a monkey you know what you're going to get out of that backlash so this has been something that's very been very prevalent the past year and a half or two years i said two years but it may be a year and a half i had to look back because there's been a lot of stuff that's going on i'm not gonna touch on all of them but i'm pretty sure if you're listening i'm pretty sure you as you're listening to me say this i'm pretty sure you remember a lot of stuff that's been happening the past couple of years where you can look back and like you know what they just did this to get a roar or they just did this to you know as far as to stay relevant because i totally believe that well i'm not gonna say i believe i know that within these big companies these million dollar companies they have to get stuff approved before they put it out without a doubt it's not like um you're working at mcdonald's and you decide today that you know what i'm not gonna season these fries just for this day or i'm not gonna salt these fries just for the day that can be a, a decision that's made individually by you nobody has to you know you don't have to pass it up through the uh through channels or anything you can just come in today and your job is to put salt on fries and decide not put on a salt and fries. Now, your higher-ups, your managers wouldn't know that you're not doing that because, I mean, yeah, that you're not putting salt on the fries because they, they're they not micromanaging you. They expect you to do your job, and that's what they expect you to be doing throughout the whole day. Now, the only, reason, only way for them to find out is to be overseeing you, what you're doing, and also for, you know, you have, eventually throughout the day you have uh, complaints coming in like, hey, there was no salt on my fries and then you see too many of those complaints and somebody get a basically to get a hint of like all right if 15 people came in today saying there's no salt on my fries and your job is to put salt on fries either you're not putting enough salt or you're not doing it but that's not the same with these million dollar companies because before you make a decision about anything that represents these companies you have to get it you have to pass it up through proper channels you have to get approvals. You have to, uh, even before you pass it to the person who's above you, you have to get, you know, second eyes on it. And then that person has to for it, look over it to make sure, you know, there's no mistakes or anything like that. And then after all that's done, you pass it to the proper channels. You have to come, the company comes to a decision, whether it's in a boardroom or it's a staff meeting or whatever it is, they have to come to a decision like, all right, this is what we're going to move forward with. And when they decide this is what they're going to be moving forward with, the person who oversees the whole company or whoever sees that division of that company, they have to approve it before anything is put out. So definitely, I believe that's something that's been going on this past half a year. So just keep in mind out, like when you see certain stuff going on from certain companies, you know, they're looking for our outrage and our backlash because it's popular now to, and I'm not gonna say, I say now, but I don't mean it as if in, you know, this is a new phenomenon because it's been going on for 400 years, but, they know when they're disrespecting us but it's more of okay this you know these website clicks are them talking these website clicks gonna generate dollars and them talking about us gonna generate dollars because if we post a picture of patty labelle today somebody gonna tune in uh say if it was uh, the morning news somebody gonna tune in to the daytime news to uh make sure that they get the picture right and then that same person may tune in to the nightly news just to make sure they got the picture right. So there they go. They have a new viewer just off of them messing up and uh, putting up a wrong picture of, uh, not even a wrong picture, just putting up a picture of Patty LaBelle instead of Rita Franklin. So it's kind of a short rant, but it's something that's been on my mind because uh, I even said that um, I can't remember what happened before the H&M, but it was something else that happened before the H&M. Um, but it's something that I've been noticing a lot that people just, they just, I don't know if it's don't care, but yeah, it's essentially these white people just don't care. It's disrespect them as long as it's what we're doing is generating dollars or generate revenue, I should say, and they keep it up. So definitely, definitely um, for my black listeners out there, just keep, a, just keep an eye out for stuff that you're outraged about. Um, and that's essentially one of the reasons why I started this podcast. It's kind of therapeutic, but it's also because I get to voice my opinion about similar stuff. Um, in these instances that stuff happened, you know, I, I've had personal conversations with people about like what went wrong or why they did this 
<clears throat> I never, I never, you know, go to social media. Takes us, and I'm not gonna say never because I've had in the past. But as a recent, you know, I don't really use social media for too much other than to advertise something, whether it's a DJ mix or it's a podcast. I don't post too many pictures of myself or anything like that. But I do use it to whether it's to support something else or somebody or is to to promote myself. And because I don't voice too much of my opinion on social media, this podcast serves as a great outlet for that because I'm able to give you guys my insight on why I think this thing is occurring rather than me um, posting a screenshot like, y'all, look what I saw in the news today. These people disrespecting Aretha Franklin. And then here they go, you know, generating revenue off of me posting a screenshot because maybe I have a friend that live in the same county as me that don't usually watch the news. Maybe he watched the competitor news, but he want to see like what the hell is going over there. So tomorrow he tones into their news. So that's why I'm great that I have this podcast. And even me talking about it um, allows me to give you guys my insight on why I think certain things happen. Um, it also allow, allows me to elaborate on you know certain stuff like that. So yeah, I said it like three times already, but just keep an eye out on you know these big. These big billion dollar, million dollar uh, companies that are basically going out of the way to disrespect us. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, staying in the topic of the news, I saw something yesterday that pissed me off. Um, yesterday morning, I was watching the news. I, I usually watch the news every morning um, before I start my day, before I go for a run, before I go to the gym, before I go to school or I go to work or whatever. I usually watch the news. That's how I start my day. So yesterday, as I'm uh, watching the news, well, as I turn on my TV, the first thing I see on the news is, I don't remember exactly what the name of the union was, but basically it's a union of, uh, it's either police officers active or retired or both, but it was like sergeants union or something. Um, basically, what the headline pissed me off was, they are paying people, or it's a new initiative where this union are paying people uh, cash prize of five hundred dollars for aiding, aiding and uh, helping, basically aiding and arresting someone that is resisting arrest. Now the reason why I say this is this pissed me off because this type of stuff right here is what gets those people the the people that that voted for number forty five. This is the type of stuff that gets them going. Uh, the same people that saying you know build the wall or you know keep these families separated uh at the borders or just all type of crazy stuff the same people that's going to rallies in uh charleston south carolina uh running people over and uh crowds on uh, charleston south carolina uh these white college uh idiots with these tiki torches in west virginia this is the type of stuff that get these people going because they already feel they have this salt, this sauce, uh, wrong word. They have this false pretense that they already have this false pretense that they're the superior race. And I, in this, I'm referring to white people, but I should mention, well, I don't have to mention because I'm pretty sure all you guys know. And if you don't know, it's not just white people that vote for Donald, that voted for Donald Trump. Um, but white people are the majority of people that, you know, is going out doing crazy stuff. But, you know, there's Mexican people that voted for Donald Trump. There's black people that voted for Donald Trump, the Middle Asian people, Asian people, whatever the case may be. There's people outside of white people that voted for Donald. Damn, I just mentioned his man's name. I'm pissed. Um, basically, <laughs> damn, why did I mention that man's name? Basically, um, anyways, there are people that voted for number 45 are not exclusively white. However, the people that's out here wilding are exclusively white in regards to people that supported number 45. Um, anyways, how all this relates to the topic I was talking about is because they see, they see this cash reward of $500 for aiding someone resisting arrest. They feel like they're doing a duty. This is what gets people off that support him. This is what get people like the idiot, the coward, George Zimmerman. This is the type of stuff that get them off because they, they feel like the places they live in, once someone of a different background or someone of a different skin color comes in, they feel like they are threatened because this is someone, this is somewhere that they lay their heads and statistics show that people of darker color skin are uh, privy to 
you know, committing crimes such as burglaries and killings and stuff like this. So they feel like they need to take initiative upon themselves to, I guess, quote unquote, police us, which is not the case. Um, but this is they have that false sense of pride that this is what they need to do to protect, you know, their city or their surroundings or whatever. So the reason why this is this pissed me off and how it relates to the supporters of number forty five is basically, um, let's put in the scenario, uh, SAE Baltimore, we in city like Baltimore, rest in peace Freddie Gray, um, and say we in a city like Baltimore where these areas, these neighborhoods, are policed by cops that have never lived in this area. Uh, never walked through the area, never been in the area, any like anything like this. They're policing these neighborhoods. So you have these neighborhoods of black and Hispanic people, um, in these neighborhoods that have never had any interaction with cops other than you know them being placed in handcuffs or anything like that. So you put these cops who never lived in the area, never been through the area, anything like this, and you let them police these areas, and the only thing they see when they see these young black kids or young Mexican kids, um, I'm not even going to say black and Mexican. I'm going to say they see these young minorities, but majority of the time I'm referring to either black people or Mexican people. But I'm going to say minorities to keep it little, little inclusive. Um, but anyway, you should put them in these areas and their main thing, their main mind state is all of them are criminals. So if you see someone suspicious, you may need to check up on them. You may need to uh, search them or anything like this. So you put a cop in these areas and with that type of mind state, say you have a 17-year-old a kid walking home from um, basketball practice. He's, he's walking home. He lives in an area where there's a lot of uh, drug dealing going on. And let's say that he's, uh, what can I say? Okay, let's say this kid is wearing a hoodie. Rest of the Martin. And he's walking home. Automatically, white people are cops. They're suspicious of that. Because for some reason, we can't wear hoodies because uh, that makes us suspicious. Uh, we're up to no good. So say this kid is walking home and it's 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night. It's dark. He lives in an area where predominantly drug dealing is going on. And a cop is following him because they think he's suspicious because he's wearing a hoodie and he's by himself and he's walking through this neighborhood. So if a cop pull this man over just based off that suspicion and the kid, he's being 17, 16 year old, if a cop is trying to stop him or trying to, you know, question him, his first defense is, what are you questioning me for? Because I'm not doing anything wrong, but I'm walking home. So because of this innocent kid is now being stopped and questioned by the police because he's simply walking home from basketball practice and his defense he becomes apprehensive because he doesn't know what the cop is stopping him for and with what's going on in the world he's well aware that these cops are out here killing kids that look exactly like him now on the other end we have these racist cops um that basically are on power trips so once you start to question a cop they become very defensive, and that's when the, the cuffs come out. And it's a, some unfortunate situation. That's when the guns come out. But um, when cops feel like their their power is being questioned, I guess the most, you could say a lot of, and I don't know a lot of officers, so I'm just speaking of based off of personal experience and experience that, I, that I've witnessed um, in recent years um, from other people's situation. Um, basically, a lot of these cops are insecure. So when you have a situation where you have this young black kid questioning your authority to do your what you think is your job as far as, you know, stopping them and questioning them about their where where they're going and their whereabouts and stuff like that, they become they become defensive and now they want to arrest you. So now you have this cop who was on a power trip because this young black kid is questioning his authority, he's gonna put him in cuffs because I suspect you were doing something, so now I'm gonna search you. Um so, in this situation, you have an onlooker who is probably a number 45 supporter who's like, yes, go ahead and, you know, bust that kid. He's probably doing something bad anyways. Once they see this cop is trying to, you know, arrest him or even put him on cuffs or search him or anything like that, they see this kid is resisting because it's like, I'm not doing anything. So, what are you doing this for? Because that's what these officers consider resisting arrest. Once you question an officer, once he has, uh, once he have you apprehend, apprehended, 
when you start to question them or anything like that, they consider that, I guess, resisting arrest. It's not really resisting arrest, but that's what they consider uh, resisting arrest. And I know this from personal experience. When you start to question them what they're doing, they consider that resisting arrest. So you have, you know, this onlooker who's the number 45 supporter that I get back to. Um, they see this kid is, quote unquote, resisting arrest. So they go over there and, you know, they they have this uh 17 year old kid pinned down on the ground with the help of an onlooker who had nothing to do with the situation and only thing going to the situation but because he has racist motives he feel that that is his duty to help this cop and also you know who wouldn't do anything for five hundred dollars five hundred dollars is not a lot but five hundred dollars is still five hundred dollars more than zero dollars so i get a reward for helping him doing something that i would do for free why not so you have the situation where this kid who was totally innocent, not doing anything wrong, he's then arrested for, you know, and he's essentially, he's pinned to the ground and arrested for resisting arrest for not doing anything but walking to uh, his house after basketball practice. Now, that's why I seen this on the news and I was infuriated by it because this is what is going not, and I'll say this another reason this is another reason why I'm glad to have a podcast and I told you guys about this a couple episodes ago that I'm able to say certain things now and make predictions and now that it's documented I can come back to like oh I said this then you guys blah 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 and I have proof of it so mark my words we will have these problems and I don't know if this is just a New York thing because it was uh, New York local, local news where I saw it or this is going to spread out across the country um, hopefully it doesn't spread out across the country. I'm pretty sure other like liberal states would definitely um, try to shut this down. But definitely, uh, I know it's for sure happening in New York because I saw it in New York uh, local news. But this is going to uh, this is going to become a problem for sure in New York because New York has a a crockpot of a lot of different races. But the majority of things you see, like I live in Queens, most of, uh, in the area I live in is mostly Middle Eastern and Asian uh, people. But I go to school in Jamaica, so the majority of the community around there is, is the majority black people. It's, it's a couple areas where there's Middle Eastern people, but there's a lot of black people, majority black people in uh, Jamaica. Um, in Brooklyn, there's a lot of black people. In Harlem, there's majority black people. But all throughout like the other boroughs and in the city, it's majority, it's majority white. So imagine what is going to unfold in New York. Um, New York already had problems, you know, in the past with the stop and, stop and frisk. Stop and frisk was just another way for uh, these racist cops to, you know, meet their quotas and searching and patting down black people. So this is essentially an extension of that, but given the powers of civilians. So this is definitely not going to be something good. Um, hopefully this is something that gets rescinded uh, before it takes off. But y'all definitely are going to hear certain stories break out and this is unfortunate but y'all are definitely going to hear stories break out where we have innocent black and brown kids who are being you know cuffed uh stuffed in prison just because uh somebody some racist cop with an agenda or some number 45 supporter with an agenda helped them out and won a 500 to pin this kid down for nothing so definitely keep an eye on that um damn that was longer than i expected but you know, i was really pissed off about that um I saw it in the morning, and then I saw it again at night, and just instantly pissing me off uh, again. So I definitely have to speak about that. Um, speaking about number forty-five, um, in the news they stated that his lawyer, uh, Michael Cohen, finally came out and admitted to paying, you know, his uh, damn well, mistress's hush money. For those of you not aware. Uh, number 45 been in trouble well at first I only knew about Stormy Daniels I think Stormy Daniels was accusing him of well he had already committed infidelity but she was accusing him of sexual assault as well I think or she was trying to file a case against sexual assault I'm not sure if the case grew legs or anything but I know she was uh, definitely trying to it was another woman who also uh, accused him of infidelity uh, for cheating on his wife uh, I don't remember that woman's name I just saw her when this uh news came up about Michael Cohen but basically this whole time while you know number 45 has been in office or even I think during his campaign there's been you know rumors about him cheating on his wife and um him uh an alleged uh sexual assault uh cases 
And you know, there's never been any legs wrong because he he li- he's a liar. We all know that he's a liar. He lies about everything. Um, so basically, he was saying that they were lying. And I don't know. So I don't know if the case has ever grew legs. I just stated, but we haven't heard anything about it other than you know Stormy Daniels filing the case. Um, in the midst of all this, she alleges that they paid her. When I'm referring to them, it was his lawyer paid her through Number Forty Five's funds to basically keep her quiet about you know their uh, affair. And for the whole time he's been offered, you know they denied it, denied it, denied it. And now, finally, it's come out that his lawyer flipped on him and stated that, you know, we did pay hush money to certain, uh, a certain woman. One of them was Stormy Daniels, and the other one was another lady that I forgot her name. But uh, I hope this grows legs and hope more stuff comes out about it. Um, I'm one of the person who lost hope after I realized that the man had been in the office for so long. Like, damn, he's probably not going to get impeached. They're probably going to let this man serve a full four years. But now seeing this coming out, it's like, uh, I don't know. He might he might finally be in some trouble now that his lawyer flipped on him. I don't know how far that's going to go. But uh, so far, he had his lawyer flip on him and he had his campaign manager flip on him. So with all this stuff going on and certain people under investigation, I hope more people fold because we definitely got to get this man out of office. So if, it's, if this grows any more legs and it gets any further than it is currently and it gets more serious than it is currently... I think there would definitely be basis to get this man out of the office and impeach him. Now, I'm not going to keep my hopes high because it seems like they're trying to keep that man in the office. There's so many different stuff that came out that should have you know, raised different investigations, but just nothing ever happened. So, if anything, now that his lawyer flipped on him, I hope something finally happened and we get this man out of his office. Um, hell, we got to get him out of the office and we got to get uh, Pence out of there, too, because... Uh, Essentially, if he get impeached, I think Pence will be next up, and Pence ain't no better than him. So, definitely keep your eyes—not yeah, your eyes, your fingers crossed—to get this man out of there. Um, getting uh, getting off that subject, kind of, but not really, because it's still related to him. Um, I say this every episode. I feel like, and I'm keep on saying it. Y'all, you guys know I don't support the NFL. I've been on an NFL uh, boycott since uh, a year now. I think my last interaction was with the NFL was. It was last summer. Uh, I went home last summer. Uh, I'm a former Dallas Cowboys fan. So, Dallas Cowboys have summer camps in uh, Oxnard, which is not too far from my home thing, like two hours away from uh, Los Angeles. And even though I grew up in California, I'd never been there to the uh, summer camp. So, I finally had the chance to after 24 years last summer. So, I took my little brother with me. And at that time, I was still under the impression that it was just summer and that somebody was going to sign Colin Kaepernick by the time the season started. So, you know, I still have my hosts. I was still supporting NFL by the time. But then by the time the season came and he still wasn't signed, I realized that just nobody was messing with that man and that he was not going to get signed. So by the time the season started and he was still not signed, that's when I stopped uh, basically supporting NFL. Uh, I don't have no... I would say the only interaction I have with the NFL was not directly the NFL is fantasy football. I still play fantasy football because I'm competitive, so I like doing things for bragging rights. So I'm in a couple leagues. One of them with uh, my uncles and my cousins. Uh, I have I have a league of my own with some friends, um, and I just like playing it. It's just the competitive nature of me. Well, other than that, I don't have any interaction with the NFL other than Madden 15. Only reason I play Madden 15 is because it's Madden. I don't think it's Madden 15. Actually, it's Madden 17. The only reason I play Madden 17 is because this is I bought that before um, all of, all of this crazy stuff with the NFL started happening. As far as Colin Kaepernick being blackball, now Eric Reed being blackball. You know their stance on players needing to stand during the uh, national anthem. All this crazy stuff. Um, when I boycott the NFL, I boycott it completely. I don't wear none of my Dallas Cowboys attire, whether it's a, a lanyard. Um, a jersey or a beanie, I don't wear none of it. Um, so fantasy football is really my only interaction with the NFL. And I'm bringing up all this. Uh, I'm bringing up all this to know, you know, the crazy things about Madden is what happened last week, which I wasn't, which I didn't uh, report in my last episode because I had a theme episode. Was what they did with Colin Kaepernick. So they continually to, and I have to say. We have to we have to appreciate we have to let Colin Kaepernick know 
if you don't support him, you don't support him. But the people that do support him, we have to let him know that he has our support because essentially this man was a martyr. He sabotaged, well, he didn't sabotage his career. He sacrificed his career for his beliefs. Uh, he stood on his beliefs. He never folded. And so far, he's two years, I think like three years, actually. He's three years deep in it, and he, he hasn't folded. Um, he The reason why he's not currently employed by the NFL is because of his beliefs. Um and him wanting to, you know, protest during the national anthem to bring light to these social injustices. And I feel like I'm going all over the place, but I have to give you guys, you know, this sort of a backstory to get to where I'm going to. But anyways, the reason why I brought up Madden and that's the last Madden I played is because I don't play Madden as often as I used to when I was younger. But I still enjoy playing Madden because sometimes, for the most part, I play uh, NBA 2K more than anything but i try to branch out to other games and i do play other games like story mode games but i like to play other sports games other than basketball and so madden 17 was the last one i bought and that was before colin kaepernick was blackballed and i remember when madden 18 came out i was like yeah i'm gonna wait to, until christmas comes and then i'm gonna get it because you know christmas is usually when video games go on sale but christmas came and i still was boycotting nfl and i was like damn i guess i'm just not gonna get madden 18 because essentially that will be uh that would be uh, basically, you know, putting money in NFL's pockets, which I'm totally against. So Madden 18 came and went, and some people didn't even like Madden 18, so I didn't feel bad about it. But recently, uh, when Toys R Us closed, as you guys know, they uh, closed Toys R Us. Uh, I think it was a couple months ago. There was a Toys R Us close to my house, and you know, me and my girlfriend was going up there just looking at what they had on sale, trying to get board games and stuff. And in the midst of a search for board games, I went to the video game section and Madden was there. Madden was like 60 or 70 percent off. And I was like, damn, that's cheap. But because of my boycott for NFL, I still going to cop it. Um, so Madden 19 came out. I was like, hopefully by the time this game come out, you know, all this is fixed and nothing has been fixed. So I'm kind of mad because I really want to play 19. But it's like I, I, I refuse to even though the money's not going directly to them, we're going to EA Sports. But some of the money is going to the NFL. The NFL did get broken off of the money that the EA Sports make from the Madden franchises. So, um, damn, I kind of ran it for a little bit. But basically, I say all this to say this. Um, a couple weeks ago, you know, Madden released. And in the song, if you haven't heard the song Big Bang by YG featuring Big Sean and uh, Nicki Minaj's 2 Chainz, And Big Sean's verse on the song, he states, uh, he uh, says... Uh, you boys all cap on more Colin Kaepernick. And that song was featured on Madden's soundtrack. And, um, oh, this, now I remember. I told you guys I was trying to remember other cases where we were being disrespected. And um, I couldn't remember other past past that uh, H&M incident. This was an incident. Now it comes to my mind. It all comes full circle. But, uh, anyways, that's what Big Sean says in his uh, verse. You boys all cap on more Colin Kaepernick. So... The song is featured on the soundtrack of Madden 19. When Madden 19 was released, somebody recorded it, you know, and posted on Instagram, like, look what uh, EA Sports did. And what they did was they bleeped out Colin Kaepernick's name as if it was a curse word. So if you listen to the song and say, you boys all cap, I'm more, and it's a blank. And then it goes on to the next verse. So basically, his name is erased from the song. As if it was a curse word, as if it was a curse. And they got a lot of, it was a lot of outrage and a lot of backlash for it. Uh, first person to speak out about it was uh, Big Sean. He said he had no idea that this happened. He didn't approve of it. None of his people approved of it. Um, and then after Big Sean responded, uh, after Big Sean responded to that, uh, the internet put pressure on YG to respond. Like, why did you let them do this? And YG came with the same sentiments. Like, I don't, I didn't approve of this. Uh, nobody told me about this. None of my people approve of this. So after all this backlash because of this video that was posted of somebody recording that they bleeped out uh, Colin Kaepernick's name, it was a lot of backlash. And of course, after a couple of hours, Madden releases a statement saying we apologize uh, for basically for not mentioning Colin Kaepernick's name. We weren't sure that we can mention his name since we don't have our own rights to him um, and blah, blah, blah. All this bullshit. So basically, this was another case where there are higher ups been, and this is not even this is not 
even exclusive to black people because a lot of people support Colin Kaepernick. But the majority of people who support Colin Kaepernick are black. But I'm not going to say this is exclusive to black because I've been in the, um, this past uh, a couple months ago. I went down to a rally at the NFL headquarters when they announced the um, the new policy for national anthem or whatever. And I was in a protest there. And it wasn't it was a lot of it was a majority of black people it wasn't only black people. So I say this and I put this blame on white people again because I'm pretty sure well, we know the head of the NFL is white. I'm pretty sure the head of EA Sports, the owner of EA Sports uh, that oversees everything, is probably white. So they released a statement saying, you know, we apologize. We didn't know that we could. Uh, we didn't know whether or not we can mention his name. So we bleeped him out, which is not really the case. What really happened was we didn't want to seem he he's boycotted. He's blackballed from the NFL. Uh, he's not getting a contract anytime soon. So why are we mentioning his name? Um, basically, he continuing to blackball him. So. That it's pretty interesting that this is what they chose to do and how fast they chose to respond to it in the manner that they respond to it because it's like I guess they have done it the year before as well. Nobody noticed it from what I hear. I don't know because obviously I did. I just mentioned I didn't play Madden 18, but it appears that they did it the year before and nobody took win of it or caught win of it. I guess it was an artist and nobody really listened to, so nobody really paid attention. Um, but they did it this year and they got caught. So now all of a sudden, you know, they're apologizing when last year they did it as well. So when I say, you know, just just keep in mind of the people that you give your money to with these big companies. Now, obviously, all these big companies, they have somebody who has some type of demons or whatever. And that's true in every sense, um, whether you whether you're supporting these private companies, some uh, one of your friends who has a company, you're supporting them or whoever the company may be. They're, they're going to they're going to be people of with the demons in there but this is not a case of someone that's battling demons this is somebody this is a case of a company with some people who who have an agenda and they feel like they don't care about black people so they're showing it and they know that what they're doing is going to cause some type of uh publicity for them so why not do it and and that's why we put them that's why we're putting a situation where we have to be like Outrage and post on social media about it and do like certain different boycotts. They they live off that type of stuff because if you're boycotting their name, your name their name is still being mentioned. And the people that's opposed to you boycotting, they're going to support them even more now because they know that some people are trying to uh, deter them of whatever. I I guess deter is a word I should use. Uh, deter them of whatever they're trying to do. So now they're going to ride even harder for them because they support them so much. So if you have this side of people who are supporting Colin Kaepernick and boycotting NFL, and you have another side where people are uh, totally, even though it has nothing to do with it, they're totally uh, pro-national anthem, I guess I should say, which is weird to say because nobody really cares about the national anthem. But because someone is protesting it for social justice, now everybody cares about the national anthem. But basically, you have the other side where people are so pro-national anthem and pro-NFL and uh spinish players that's protesting national anthem whatever you may call it because you have these two sides when a company shows that they support one side exclusively not you know equally support both sides then you have to you have to be mindful of the people you give your money to and I'm not saying I'm not the type of person that's that boycotts anything and expect people around me to do that because I, it's kind of selfish but it's like you know you have to have some type of dignity um as I mentioned, you know, I boycott the NFL. I haven't watched the NFL. I haven't any interaction in the NFL the past two years. But I don't tell people around me, no, I'm boycotting. You know, when we have certain conversations, like, no, I'm boycotting the NFL. I just simply say, no, I don't watch the NFL. I'm not saying, you know, no, I'm boycotting the NFL. I don't know how you do it. Uh, you, sh- uh, you should be boycotting with me. I'm not that, per- that type of person. Um, I don't know. I- I've never been that type of person. And I-, I don't think I would ever be that type of person to try to force something upon you because I'm doing it because it's, it's kind of weird it, it's, it's it's mad selfish but it's, it's really weird it's like oh I'm doing it so you should do it as well um, I would never be the type of person but I just want to you know put a thought in your mind just be mindful of these companies to give your money to um, just know that where they stand whether and I'm not saying that all these companies should exclusively damn I use this word a lot this episode I guess that's why I'm going to have to call this episode but uh it shouldn't be the company shouldn't have to you know have one clear side like oh we only support black people and not racist people if they want to support black people and they want to sort I don't think you really can but let's just say a scenario where a company wants to support black people and racist people then 
then know that. But just know whether or not they support everyone inclusively or exclusively because that makes a big difference because if you give me money to the company that don't care shit about you uh they don't care about your family they don't care about your cousins they don't care about your friends or anybody that looks like you you know why are you giving them money why are you helping them generate revenue because essentially they want to continue to do what they're doing and then continue to disrespect you and how can you have dignity and supporting something like that um yeah man it's just crazy, but I had to bring up that subject because that was totally in regards to the subject before that, which was the uh, number forty-five. Because essentially, he's the one who's awakened, you know, this country trying to buy people to support. Um, LeBron James mentioned that I think it was a couple, not even a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, that you know, sport is sports are a place where you know everyone comes together, and now we have this man. Who's trying to basically divide us with sports when sports is something of unity? Um, actually, I think I had like, let me play this clip for y'all. I think, um, I think athletics are important, but also their mind. I think both. I think it just plays. Um, it is it, bring when you're when you're a part of sports and you're a part of your mind. It just brings some so much camaraderie and so much fun. You know, we we, we are in a position right now in America, more importantly, where this whole this race thing is is, is taking over. You know, and and um, because. One, because I believe our president is kind of trying to divide us. Um, but I think... Kind of? Yeah. He is. <laughs> he is. Not I don't want to say kind of. He's, he's dividing us. And, and what I noticed over the last few months, um, that he's kind of used sport to kind of divide us. And, I, and that's something that I can't relate to because I know that sport was the first time I ever was around someone white. You know, and I and I and I got an opportunity to see them and learn about them, and they got an opportunity to learn about me, and we became very good friends. And I was like, "Oh wow, this is all because of sports." And sports has never been something that divide people; it's always been something that brings someone together. Yeah, man, that's all I had on that subject. I'm not gonna harp on that too much more. I feel like he uh, he explained that very well and thoroughly. But staying in the NBA, um, one thing I have noticed this past couple weeks was. Is that the NBA are putting a spotlight on you know mental health issues? Um, there's been a handful of handful of articles on ESPN.com. So if you have the time, you want to read something, definitely go to ESPN.com. Uh, go to the NBA section. There's been a handful of articles of you know players speaking out about mental health issues, uh, which is very important because the NBA is a league that's I believe 80% black. Um, oh no no no, it's, it's 80% um, non-white, I should say, I guess, and I think seventy percent black, seventy-five percent. I don't, I don't know. I have to uh, look at at the statistics, but it's very high. It's that high, I know for sure. Um, but basically, they've been highlighting mental health issues. Um, last season, Demar Derozan came out and he stated that you know he he has uh he has dealt with uh depression and mental health issues. You know, putting the spotlight on it because he comes from an area where it's not talked about a lot. So he opened up, and then with him opening up, Kevin Love, he came out and opened up that, you know, he said he dealt with uh, depression and mental health issues as as well. So it was a big thing last year. Um, they had a little special on ESPN, you know, covering them, like, in you know, the different things they're going through or have been through, even though the, you know, they're athletes, you know, to let people know that they're not invisible. They have dealt with certain stuff that shaped their lives. Um, and so... They're continuing that this year. Um, DeMar DeRozan came out in another uh, interview where he was speaking about, you know, him growing up because he lived in Compton. That he had to have this false, uh, I think, false sense of invisibility because of the city he grew up in. Because essentially you grew up in that type of area. You have to, you know, you can't be, you can't be weak. Basically, you get taken advantage of being in Compton. If you appear weak, especially being a man, if you appear weak, somebody is going to try to take advantage of you. So he spoke about, you know, growing up with this false sense of invincibility. Even though he wasn't invincible, he had to act invincible. He had to act tough because he didn't want anybody to take advantage of him or try to take advantage of him or to try to, you know, get over him or anything like that. So he's been, you know, most of his uh, younger years with that false sense of invisibility and now that he's you know he's grown and he's out of those area and he's you know out within the world he realized that that's had an effect on him because 
it, it took a toll on his mental that he had to, you know, grow up in these type of environments and deal with the type of stuff that we deal in growing up in that type of environment. Um, so I felt like his article was pretty special. Uh, I spoke with Kevin. I said I spoke um, with. I mean, spoke on. Uh, I spoke on Kevin Love. His last, I mean, his interview, he spoke about last season. Um, if you didn't follow the Cavaliers last season, there was a certain amount of time where there was like, I guess there was rumblings that there was uh, personal beefs going on within the, the organization because Kevin Love was missing games and nobody knew why he was missing games. Um, he came out and spoke about, you know, the reason why he had to take time out. And some of the teammates knew, like I know LeBron came out and said, you know, he supported him or whatever. Um, but not the whole team knew why he would take a time out. But he said he had to take time away from the game because what he, the depression he was dealing with, uh, it just took a toll on him. He said he was coming out, I guess he was playing in the game, and I think it was like third quarter, he 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 got subbed out and i think once he got subbed out he just left the game like he did not come back to the game after that and then he missed a couple games after that he said it was just like it it took a toll on him during the middle of the game and he came to the realization like he can't do it anymore like it was too much of a burden for him to try to play and deal with what's going on in his head another article was the morris twins uh the morris twins are two twin brothers that are in the nba they played at kansas university uh they both got drafted the same year. One time they was playing for the same. They're so they're such. They are such twins that when they was playing together, once they got drafted uh, after a couple of years, they played together in Phoenix for the Phoenix Suns. And they're such twins that they were getting the same paycheck. Like none of them had different deals. Like the money that they were getting from that salary was going to the same account, which is crazy. But that just shows you how close that they are. But anyways, they're from Philadelphia, and they were just speaking about the, essentially the same type of stuff that DeMar DeRozan was speaking about. But they were also, you know, talking about that life would have been way harder had they not had each other because essentially they were each other's security blanket because they came in situations that had not either of them been there, they uh probably wouldn't have made it out of Philadelphia. They also spoke about, you know, they went to school in Kansas. They spoke about the difference between Kansas and Philadelphia. So I guess it was like their freshman year. They were walking from practice and walking back to the dorms. I guess it was late at night and a car was following behind them. Now, their national inst instincts because of where they're from is to either uh, grab a weapon to protect themselves or to run. So as they're making a decision, like looking around as they, they they keep on walking and they're looking around for like certain things to pick up, like a rock or a stick or something like not a stick, but like a pole or anything, just in case, you know, something go down, they have to protect themselves. Um, they're not finding too many things. And they mentioned that, you know, they're just about to make a decision to run. And the car gets closer to them. And that's when they figure like something's about to go down. And a man asked him, like, hey, do you guys want to ride? Um, it's pretty late out here. I can give you guys a ride to wherever you're going. And mind you, they're on campus and it's, it's dark and, you know, they respectfully turned down a ride. But it just mentioned how different, you know, the environment is, because in Philadelphia, had that been someone else, especially following them like that, something would have happened because you don't. And not even in Philadelphia, in, in Hood's period, if you walking somewhere at night, and somebody's following you slowly, something bad is about to happen. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, somebody's following you, something bad is about to happen. So either get out of there or get ready to throw down. So. I felt like that was a, a great example that they that they explained because that was one of the reasons why they recognized that they have, you know, mental health issues. And I don't know, I keep saying mental health issues, and I don't know if that's the correct term. Um, I don't know if it's problems, but that's how they realized that, you know, something took a toll on them from their childhood because of where they grew up, because of an instance like that. Um, they also spoke about because they grew up in a city where it was predominantly black people. That it's hard for them to trust white people because where they grew up, it wasn't too many white people around. So now as they are professionals and they're, you know, making deals and, you know, signing with other teams, they they re they recognize that it's hard for them to trust our uh, GMs to keep their words because they don't really know white people like that. They haven't had too many encounters, so they don't know, you know, if they have ulterior morals or not. Um, in the last interview that I read was uh, by a point guard named Shane Larkin. His uh, problem, I, said, I keep saying his problems, but I don't know if that's the word. Um, basically, his 
disorder, I can say, I guess. Well, he has OCD. He's, he's had OCD his whole life. And he spoke about how it was hard for him to even get to the NBA because of his OCD. Um, I'm not going to speak about the whole article, but I'm going to give you guys a gist of it. Basically, his OCD is, is very, very obsessive. Like, he had to wash his hands a certain amount of time. He don't touch stuff. Uh, when he turns on a water faucet in his house, he has to do it with his elbows. Uh, when he walks from his room to his shower, he has to... Uh, it has to be like I think he said put paper down, paper towels down and stuff like that. Um, and because he's been like this his whole life, his mom has also had she caught a burden of it because she's she's taking care of him most of the time, and that with him being so obsessive has taken a toll on her because how she had to be attentive to him. He spoke about graduating high school and uh, going to DePaul University. And it was hard for him to be there because of his OCD kicked in and he really just freaked out and shut down. Um, he's from Orlando. So luckily, you know, he left that school because it was hard for him to be away from home, you know, with all the stuff that he was dealing with. And the NCAA granted him a waiver to, you know, go to a school closer to home. So he ended up going to Miami, which is not too far from his home. Um, he essentially ended up getting drafted to the NBA. Um, I don't think he's still on the team now. I think he's overseas. But uh, he's just spoke about how his obsessive compulsive order almost ended his career before it even started just because of the first school that he signed with. He couldn't stay there because he was too far from home and he didn't have his mom take care of him. And it was just crazy, man. Um, definitely, if you have time, if you need something to read, definitely go to ESPN, go to the NBA section, and check out that Um Check out those articles. This is a bunch of articles. I think they're doing like every day uploading new articles. More players are coming out and telling us, uh, being vulnerable, telling us about the issues they deal with and, you know, the, the mental health disorders that they feel they have or they've been diagnosed with. And just the toll that their upbringing has taken on their life. Um, Yeah, man. And definitely, definitely uh, check out the reading. Um, we made it pretty far. It's about almost an hour long. Uh, we still here, or we are our uh, in this podcast actually, uh, and I'm still here. Um, but it comes to an end, so I want. Well, it's not coming to an end yet, but it's about to come to an end. Um, so before I get out of here, I do want to let you guys know for my listeners that are local within New York, um, Spike Lee is having a Michael Jackson party in Brooklyn. If you don't know what that is, basically it's celebrating the life of Michael Jackson on of his on his birthday in Brooklyn. Um he did it a couple months ago when uh Prince's birthday came. He's he's done it since every day uh, every year since Prince passed. He called that one the Purple uh People Party. I went to that one, it was a great celebration. Basically it was like a a, a venue where we had a DJ a DJ, uh we had food vendors, we had clothes vendors, uh and it was a big stage, and basically everybody is just dancing and enjoying Prince music for about eight hours long. Um, so that was pretty fun. I got there kind of late, not kind of late, but I was there for a couple hours. Me and my girlfriend went, and it was pretty fun. Um, I wasn't that big of a Prince fan growing up, but I do appreciate his music, so I do like try to take up my time and listen to his music and stuff like that. So not being a, that big of a Prince fan and only knowing like the mainstream hits and stuff like that. I still enjoyed that party, um, just seeing so many people celebrate that man's life. <laughs> I mentioned that that was a, only the third one because it's only been uh, three years since Prince passed. Since Michael Jackson is, this Michael Jackson celebration is going to be the eighth one because it's been eight years since he passed. This is the eighth birthday since he passed. Um, it's called MJ Loves Brooklyn. Um, if you have the time, definitely come out. I know it can be a great time. I'm expecting to enjoy this one so much more because unlike Prince, I wasn't just a mainstream hits um Fan, I'm a I'm a deep cut Michael Jackson fan, and not to you know pair them against each other, even though I know people have, and that's the main reason why I was a Michael Jackson fan over Prince because the media portrayed it to be some type of uh, I guess it was like a battle. You couldn't like either or. And my mother grew up a Michael Jackson fan, so I was raised a Michael Jackson fan because of how big of a Michael Jackson fan she was. So I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, so I'm expecting to enjoy this party a lot. I don't have the address, but if you have an Instagram, definitely uh, follow Spike Lee at Spike Lee. He has an address. He has all the updates and stuff like that as far as the Michael Jackson party. 
So definitely, if you're in the area, you enjoy Michael Jackson music. Definitely, definitely come out. Um, that's on this Saturday. And speaking of Spike Lee, um, my what to watch this week is not a Netflix or anything a streaming recommendation. Definitely get out to the movies to go watch Black Klansman. Black Klan, damn, why am I messing up? Black Klansman is a great movie. Um, I'm kind of biased because Spike Lee is my favorite director. Um, but it's a great movie. It's definitely a movie you don't want to miss. Uh, it's a real story. But other than it being a real story, just the way that this story was executed is definitely, definitely a great movie. Um, so definitely get out to the movie theaters to go see Black Klansman or Bootleg or whatever you got to do. But definitely go see that movie. Um, yeah, man, that's it. Uh, my best kept secret for this week. Let's see what we got this week. Um, I'm going to go with an old song. It, it, it released this summer, but I think this project went unnoticed. I don't hear too many people talking about it too much. But uh, my best kept secret this week is 215 by Black Thought. For those of you who know, you know, Black Thought is the rapper in the legendary Roots group, or Roots band, I should say. Um, he released an EP this summer. Not too many people talked about it, or I don't remember too many people talking about it, but it was a great album, uh, EP. Uh, this 215 is the first track on the EP, and this is hard, man. Um, he displayed a bunch of different flows. It's produced by Knife Wonder. The beat is switching up throughout the whole song. And as the beat is switching up, he's progressing his flows, and he's changing his flows. As the beat. It's just crazy. I can't explain it too much. But, uh, yeah, so the best-kept secret is 215 by Black Thought. Before I get into that... I want to say again, thank you all for listening uh, to the Speak My Peace podcast. We're 11 episodes deep. Um, if you're listening on SoundCloud, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you're commenting in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Google, uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate. Make sure you're leaving comments. Um, I appreciate all you guys, even you guys uh, listening on uh, the podcast apps, the various podcast apps out there in the world. Make sure you like and are doing whatever you can. Uh, you know, to show that you appreciate it, and you know, don't feel feel free to uh, leave me some critique. Feel free to leave me some comments, or whatever. I appreciate all of it. Um, all of the critiques and comments and stuff I've gotten so far, I, I appreciate it. I've taken them all to note, but most of them that I've gotten are been from people that I personally know. So I prefer. I mean, I like it. But I prefer people I don't know. Per, don't know me personally. I prefer critiques from them. Because I know it comes from a place that, you know, they don't know me personally and they're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not centering themselves, um, if you know me personally. And I'm not saying that people that do know me personally are centering themselves as far as what they're critiquing me on. But, you know, if you know somebody personally, you're going to watch certain stuff you say is because of you want to maintain a certain relationship with them. But I don't feel like that's going on with me, but it could be going on. I don't know. But uh, definitely, definitely do leave the comments and the critiques and all that stuff. I appreciate all of it. Uh, yeah, man. I hear. I see you guys next week. Let's get into this best kept secret. Two fifteen. My black thought. I'm out. Two fifteen. Yo, the big world keep turning like ice and animes. The church kitchen hustling dinners every Saturday. Pull over, let me grab a plate. I tend to gravitate towards our fish dinners from a styrofoam platter taste My granddaddy sported plaid Donnie Hathaway's Hustling for everything we had till he passed away When I would ask him about what path to take He used to laugh and say no man is an island but I'm a castaway Casualties I seen them like the French foreign legion On the streets they used to carry out bizarre procedures In jean jackets and jabardidas Back when local law and B was just a soul full of orthopedics Me and my man twisting up some reefer and wishing we knew all the town and the likes of Sam Christian On the edge of existence, man, listen Understand, respect and fear was the all-American ambition For badass kids in the laundry man folding a load When lo and behold, a whole nother fork in the road My wish for them is that the truth is eventually told Out on the corner where whatever you can sell is sold I heard murder ran this vast deserted land Since back when Burning Man was black
blacks in Birmingham Before the presidential election diversion scam Matter of fact, before they clap France Ferdinand You gossip on Jay and Beyonce or Kim and Kanye But keep rising to the top, what my mind say Picture my daughter drinking water with a sign Say for color girls, I ain't talking into Zaki Shange Who said a cynical, I was a king in general Rich in every resource, precious metal and mineral Before the devil entered the land of the plentiful With that Jamaican funk, gotta get it in the hoof for generations Under God, indivisible, psych war patience Vampires in an interview, become institutionalized What a nigga do, but what we had to do to survive None of them could do, who the technical culprit I don't mess with no vultures, I'm electrical voltage Not the regular dosage, too obsessive compulsive I'm a fucking explosive, mixed message in a bottle I left with the postman, I'm not arachnophobia Black petroleum, ceremoniously holy when at the podium Even though it's hotter than weapons, paid plutonium The people try and check for the return of the Ichiban Obi-Wan, universe, you owe me one solid My homie Gonzalez, only no gun violence on the corner Where they probably on a 21 Savage catch two in your cabbage Young Caesar Chavez, the vision one Yo, women, where we get our rhythm from? Continuum, still swinging like a pendulum Hear the women come singing like Sarah Vaughn Heard ninth up in a house from North Carolina Ain't no mannequin challenge, but you're paralyzed It's getting cold outside, a word from the wise Y'all niggas better bundle up But I better be a hotter summer, not for nothing Yo, the cops get down, especially when it come to us Nigga better be a Rockefeller, get that out your pocket, fella Same acapella, ain't a damn thing really changed as far as I could tell it Another soul with no name, the helicopter's hunted Look like a couple of days before the doctor coming But that's my little cousin watching for me I think the world trying soccer to me It kinda feel like everything is out of pocket for me Who keep it a hundred when everything's partial? Dignity and sanity is what the game cost you Wake up to the paddles on your chest, we had lost you I'm just painting a picture like Harry James Marshall I'm just taking a picture like Harry May We ain't so smiling, say cheese, we in 2018 In a pyramid, scheme nightmares and day Dreams from the runaway, slave to a modern day king